As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the Nerd Party. Oh, Miles here. Your outpost for the week is freshly delivered, and I am just one of the hosts here, Matthew Rushing, and with me as she is every single week, surviving 2020 like a champ, Drea Kaufman. <laughs> uh, 20, 2020 pales in comparison to three-year-old sleep regression right now. Um, 2020 lets me sleep. My mm. three-year-old does not, so... Um, if I don't make a whole lot of sense and things are not coming out very coherently, um, you can blame Olive <laughs> for all of it. <laughs> it's Olive meets oh, my job man. equals Drea can't oh, speak gosh. anymore. Well, <sighs> yeah. but yes, hello. I am physically yes. here. We'll see how well, much I can bring to the table. We're today. we're excited to be here. It's uh, man. We we thank you all for listening and and being on this journey with us. As uh, we are in chapter twenty two this week, the Deathly Hallows. Uh, so I always love when we reach the chapter that's named after the book. It's super fun. Uh, I have a Peter Griffin moment whenever it happens. He <laughs> said the name of the book. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, of course, uh, before we get into that, you know, you can find us wherever you, your podcasts. If you're, you know, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any of those places, make sure you're subscribed uh, so that you get the show as soon as it drops. And then, of course, uh, give us a star rating review over on Apple Podcasts and help you th- help the show continue to grow, help continue to find people uh of course you can also uh find us on twitter at join nerd party um, we're on instagram at the nerd party we're on facebook facebook.com slash the nerd party you can find the nerdparty.com at the nerdparty.com strangely enough uh and you can also go to the contact section and send us an uh email if you'd like Dre and i love getting emails so um really appreciate everybody who's you know reached out to us uh over the years it's been so much fun so yeah we're winding down but we got to the deathly hallows this week drea and i think one of the things i really love about the beginning of the chapter is it literally picks up as they land uh in this you know next forest <laughs> where they're going to spend the night and I love how they're they're all kind of yelling at each other about how awful it was that Xenophilius, you know, tried to turn them in. And then we kind of learn exactly how much of a genius Hermione is and what her plan was by having Ron hide under the invisibility cloak and allowing them to see Harry before they left. Yeah, I mean, 
she super quick thinking on her feet, super ability to like rationalize through the whole picture very quickly in a very stressful situation. I'm uber impressed and a little bit jealous. I wish I could do it as well as she did. I mean, there was also an author and all the time true. to figure that out, but the character, very jealous of the character. Um, yeah. Cause you know, they ration, she rationalizes through how, you know, they wanted, she wanted them to see Harry so that Luna and her dad don't really get in trouble. She did not want them to see Ron because if that's what they did to Luna when they suspect he supports Harry Potter, what would they do to his family if they knew he was and with not Harry at home Potter? With a deadly um, disease. And not at home. Yeah, with spader gout, I think is what it's called. Um, but it's very quick, very easy, you know, um, and I do think it's so funny though. She's like, I was totally right. It totally was an, a rumpet horn or whatever. But I think that that moment of, um, like glory, if you will, does not really help the rest of the conversation we lead into with yeah. Hermione. And yeah. Harry. Um, it is interesting cause you know, they, they keep calling her and they, they tell both of them, tell her that she's a genius, you know? And, and I think, you know, there is a really nice uh, piece here about how they're worried about Luna and, you know, what's happened to her. And, you know, I think that's great. You know, again, it's neat to see Harry um, come to, to Luna's defense and say, look, I think she's stronger than any of us know. I think she's going to be okay. Um, and so that's, that's really beautiful. And of course they, they wonder where is she, you know, is she in Azkaban? So, I mean, it, it's, it's coming back, you know, there's so much for them to process. And like you said, this moment of them touting, especially Harry touting Hermione as a genius kind of comes to a crashing halt as Hermione then launches into how she thought this was a complete waste of time. It just turned into the, uh, Godric's hollow uh, incident all over again with them learning nothing. And it's interesting because you, you see here Ron and Harry kind of coming at Hermione at from different angles, but they don't agree with her, you know, because Ron and mm -hmm. I mean this, the whole argument of this chapter really is between Harry and Hermione with Ron in the middle of Harry completely believing in the Hallows and believing that um, all of these pieces fit. And this is where we see Harry's um, trust in Dumbledore come roaring back. And part of that is because Harry sees how this story of the Hallows makes sense. And he begins to put all of these pieces into place. And Hermione's having none of it because, of course, Hermione doesn't believe that children's stories are anything but children's stories. Uh, and this is kind of something where um, I think, you know, we know the, the whole story of, of Harry Potter is about death. But also, I think... The story of Harry Potter, like all great children's stories, is something that transcends being a children's story, right? It's something that can teach anybody something important about life. Um, and and so I think that's one of the things that Rowling is, is very committed to, the idea that children's stories have a massive impact on children because they allow them to, to understand a part of the world better uh, and a true part of the world, not just a story, not just a fantasy, but a, a reality of the world. And Hermione cannot make that connection 
Whereas for Harry, there is no disconnection in that. You know, he sees the truth that the story is trying to get to by putting all these pieces together. Hermione can't do that. For her, she's such a scientifically minded person. The idea that anything not quote-unquote scientific um, just boggles her mind. She can't rectify the two. I don't even know if it's scientific as much as it is. It's like Asaph's fables. They all tell a very important story, and there are elements of truth to each story, but a scorpion to genuinely not get on a fro- frog's back and go across a river and sting the frog, right? Like, that actuality did not occur. And so it's similar in that Hermione's like, well, that didn't happen, so I don't know why we're talking about this. It's just a story where, in reality, it's a parable, right? It's, it's a metaphor for a situation, and I think that's the same. I think there's elements to the story that are true and that are real and that are good lessons to take away as we heard in the last chapter. And that some pieces of it may be real and maybe not exactly the way it was. Like these brothers may not have actually met death (laughs) and had these, these gifts imparted upon them, but that doesn't mean that they're not real brothers. That doesn't mean that the gifts they have aren't real. That's just how they were explained at the time. Right? Like that was the, the way that they conjured the story of these things. And so I think for her, it's not factual enough and it's not, not even science, just like it doesn't like there's too, they're asking her to take too much of this like metaphor and decipher the difference between the fable and the parts that are real. And she has a really hard time believing in things that are not entirely real. Right. And so, you know, Probably science is is probably a pretty good way to summarize it, but I just think that she struggles to sort of disconnect and she doesn't she doesn't have the most outside the box thinking about a lot of things like this, right? Like she's very rigid about those. And we've all known people like that, right? My husband tends to be like that, right? He knows what he knows to be true. And unless you can present him hard, cold, factual evidence, otherwise, it's just the way it is. Um, And it's incredibly frustrating sometimes. And I totally got that and felt that in this whole chapter with Hermione. And it's the moment where I'm like, okay, I don't connect with you as a character right now. This is one of those times I don't connect with you as a character because I can't relate anymore. Um, so got real a little off track. No, I don't there, think that's but, off track at all. You know, I totally all, agree with I, you. I mean, I think you're right on track because I think the, the the part of this is is that Hermione is not somebody who is willing to take anything on faith. She's not willing to take um, yeah. anything. Like I think you were right in calling out the fact that look, these are stories, but you know, we think about stories like this. A lot of them could be based on some reality like it could have happened in some form or fashion uh and and you know many of the legends that we have you know are based off of some sort of historical fact they have just been of course turned into more fantastical legends as we've moved on in time and so you know but that doesn't mean that there wasn't some some actual truth or actual fact that that happened you know, um, in the past. And that's the thing that Hermione, like, just has a really hard time with accepting that there could be any truth to that. And it really does come down to this, this Hermione is very compartmentalized 
Whereas I think, you know, Ron and Harry both are people who are kind of more open to taking things a little bit more on faith until they can totally prove everything. And that's where you kind of see like, you know, they start coming at Hermione with different things. They're like, but you heard stories about, there are stories about like a death stick or a, 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 a master wand. And, or there are, I mean, we, we literally have an invisibility cloak that's perfect. Like, and, and so she, she kind of like gives a little bit in that fact that maybe those two can, can exist, but she could not believe in anything about the resurrection stone and part of that is, is, you know, she doesn't have Harry's experience of standing in front of the veil and being able to hear, like him and Luna could, the voices behind the veil because she hasn't been confronted with death the way that he has and the way that Luna has. And so there's this whole part, right. like you said, it's like just because she has this thing, she can't see it. She can't taste it. She can't hear it. She can't feel it. And therefore, she will not believe it until that would be the case. And whereas, again, Harry has a much different experience. And um, Harry's much more willing to take things on his experiences rather than just, like you said, kind of cold, hard facts. Well, and I think she also, even if she can't do that, she has a really difficult time sort of living in this hypothetical, right. right? Like, okay, Hermione, just go with me here. If this were true, let's just give it an opportunity. There's like a 10% chance it could be true. It could not, but let's just play in this hypothetical world where it is. She can't even do that, right? And and again, my husband is identical. This chapter is so frustrating for me. <laughs> it's so incredibly like personal and frustrating for me. Um, you know, like they can't envision hypothetical scenarios or hypothetical results. And it's just, it's so, there's just some people they can't do that. And she absolutely positively cannot do that in this book. She can't even go, well, what if the, well, there's not, I don't right. know why we're talking about this. At some point she refers to it, it as his obsession. Um, you know, she just honest to God cannot figure out a way to push through mm -hmm. this and go, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to trust you, Harry. And we're just going to say, okay, let's play in this hypothetical world and see the reality of what it could be and what would it look like and how would it play out? Like she can't do that. Um, and I think that that would be really beneficial to them at this point to be able to have a few minutes to play in that world. Um, and I think it's a good objective lesson for those of us who struggle mm -hmm. with that to like, Hey, sometimes it's good to just throw someone a bone, right. let them play it out, let them play out this hypothetical, let them take it to the end because ultimately they'll probably get to the end and be like, well, I can't do any of that anyway, because it's all a hypothetical. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, they could have used that in mm. this case, but she is just so incredibly stubborn. Yeah. So incredibly well, stubborn. And, and, you know, so we talked about the fact that they have some good evidence, right? Not just the cloak, but the fact yeah. that, you know, they talk about the Peveril family and how uh, Hermione says the only thing that she's gotten in her research is that it's a it's a dead family line because all the male members of the family died. So the, the name died out. And... Harry remembers then the name Peveril finally jogs something in his memory and he remembers Marvalo Gaunt who That's a I deep know callback. That's like a book the, and a half yeah. ago. <laughs> and, and the fact that um, he said that he, the ring that he was wearing uh, had the Peveril coat of arms on it. 
and Harry doesn't remember it being super clear, but he's like, I could totally see Marvello being somebody who is not a reader, um, just seeing some scratches on there and it being the coat of, thinking it's a coat of arms, and it being the sign of the Deathly Hallows. And so, um, and of course, you know, on top of, of that, you know, you have the 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 idea of um, we talked about the the, the wand existing, um, and of course the fact that you know we already know uh, that they have an invisibility cloak. And as Harry begins to put all this together, then he also remembers that Dumbledore had the cloak when his parents died, and that the reason that he had wanted it. Harry believes is to examine it to see if it was one of the hallows and so you're you're really putting all of these things together that she's been dropping all these clues with and then Harry remembers it, the snitch drops out of his bag and he's like I bet the stone is in here and so Harry truly becomes to believe throughout this entire thing that it's Voldemort wanting the elder wand and not only does he yeah. want the Elder Wand, but he realizes that Voldemort doesn't know what the Elder Wand actually is. He doesn't know that story. He grew up like Harry. He wouldn't have known these tales. And if he had known about the Deathly Hallows, why wouldn't he have been searching for those if he really wanted to conquer death? Why would he make Horcruxes if he knew about the Hallows? So really, this comes down to a question between Harry is stuck with now Am I going after the Hallows? Is that more important to the Horcruxes at this point? And and that's also what's causing the rift between Ron, Hermione, and Harry because Ron's kind of stuck in the middle and he he's not quite as convinced as Harry is at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think I've, I got that distinct impression in this that I feel like the three of them, and we talk about how the three of them are a good balance a lot. I think the three of them are also, in this case, a very good representation of the sort of evidence versus faith-based belief. Because I feel like Harry tends to be on the very far end of faith-based belief. And Hermione tends to be on the very far end of evidence-based belief. And I think Ron does a good job of sort of like petering in the middle, right? He kind of flows between them. He can see both sides. He can see all sides. He can rationalize it you know he believes harry but he also believes hermione and you know i think it's you know he is in an incredibly difficult situation with his girlfriend on one end and his best friend on the other end <laughs> but i think he usually does a pretty good job of helping keep their calm a little bit too right helping keep their their cool and bring some some balance back when they go to their extreme ends because they don't live in their extreme ends they just go to those um, so I think, you know, I think he is struggling with that a little bit. And I think that this is one of those times where it's a little bit more tense than it has been in the past. Um, but honestly, I think, I think Ron believes Harry more than he believes Hermione in this case. And he's just a little yeah. afraid to say it, um, because of his history with, uh, Hermione and, and the circumstances there. Um, so I, I really appreciate the difficult situation he's in. I don't envy it. Um, but, you know, I think that there's a lot of, there's a lot going on here. And, you know, all of, in, in Hermione's fairness, all of Harry's 
facts and evidence at this point are all relatively circumstantial. They do conveniently fit the story. So I think we're it's going to be interesting to see how much more of this sort of gets unraveled as we go on through the rest well, of the book. Well, it, it, it is something that, I mean, throughout this entire chapter, they struggle because Harry becomes what Hermione considers obsessed about this idea of the Hallows. And, and Harry, you know, he... The one of the reasons that he's so enamored with this idea is that is this the way that he can live? You know, neither lives while the other survives. Harry remembers. You know, he's thinking, and and this is the thing that's different about Harry than Hermione. Harry is literally living a life of prophecy, right? His life has been driven by the idea of things beyond his control, more faith based things, right? Like his entire life is this. Um, and so knowing that this is where he is is a big deal. And and so he even quotes to her, you know, the verse that he made so much fun of at his parents' tombstone, which is the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. And she snarkily is like, oh, I thought you were supposed to be fighting you know who. Uh, and at that point, Harry just kind of gives up on her because. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. She doesn't get it. But Harry, again, this, remember, remember, what's the one thing that Harry's good at that Hermione isn't? It's really about putting pieces together. Harry is a great puzzle solver. And that's one thing that he's always had above Hermione. And part of that is because Harry's a lot more open-minded for the most part. Obviously, we've seen Harry be kind of a dullard when it comes to like Malfoy. Um, but for the most part, Harry has, has been very open-minded throughout the series and it's really paid off for him. And I think this is where, as you mentioned earlier, I think, you know, even Rowling, she uses Hermione to tell you lots of information and she's usually tends to feel like she might be on Hermione's side. I think this is where we start to see a shift where it, no, we, we should be listening to Harry. Uh, and Harry's really frustrated, too, because the visions he used to have of Voldemort just aren't as clear as they used to be, and he doesn't know why. But it does worry him because he can't keep tabs on Voldemort, and also he knows Voldemort to be after the wand now. He knows what he's after, and he wants that information because Harry believes he already has two of the Hallows. So if he could get the wand then he'd have all three and be quote unquote, the master of, of death. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's thrown a quite a wrench, uh, and they even go searching, you know, some, some wizarding towns and it 
you know, they have to be more worried about snatchers. And they finally, this is the the last bit of this chapter is them getting a chance to finally listen in to Potter Watch, which is the wonderful wizarding program um, for the resistance uh, against you know who. Before we move on, no, we can't do that. No, or Potter Watch because. (laughs) Because I love I love this topic and this is one of my favorite like gimmicks that she does throughout the rest of this book. Um, I I feel a little bit like the shift that you're talking about when she kind of shifts from speaking through Hermione to speaking through Harry. I think we've moved into a very unique and almost emotional portion of the book, right? Like so much hard evidence has already been presented that I think we're in. I mean, like everything is so unique to Harry. He's the one who has the connection with Voldemort. He's the one who has to die. He's the one who's been tasked with this. Like all of this comes back to him and he's in a very unique position that is really hard to explain with words. And so I think that as a reader, we're sort of being told to trust his instincts a little bit more, right? She spent six books telling you to trust his instincts. Um, But I think at this point, everything genuinely lays on his shoulders. And so he needs to be the shot caller now. That doesn't mean he doesn't listen. That doesn't mean he doesn't collaborate. That doesn't mean there's not a lot of value to other things. But I think this is really the dramatic shift to, at this point, no one else is going to understand. Right. No one else is going to get it. And I think you're absolutely right. And there's always been an element of that throughout the entire series. But I think this is that turning point where it's like, all right, it doesn't matter. Everything is going to, like, it's Harry now, right? Um, And I think that's part of why it feels so polar opposite with Hermione in this chapter and why it's so frustrating. And I want to like slam my fist down on the desk while I read this chapter. And I was like, husband, stop talking through the book. Um, but I, you know, I think that it's, it's a big shift and this is where it really turns and everything's going to kind of be about Harry's gut from here on out. Um, and we just have to trust that he has enough Mm -hmm. random bits of information from all these places, from the pensive, uh, conversations from his experiences with Dumbledore he knows Dumbledore the best out of the three of them, right? We really just have to trust Harry mm-hmm. at this point. And that's not easy no. for Hermione. So I think that that's the real message here is that it's not going to, the rest of this book isn't going to be easy for Hermione and it's going to require a big ask of her. So no, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, and, and I think, you know, as we, we actually get a chance to listen to Potter Watch. You know, we're going to hear some of those people on that program actually say almost the same thing that you just said about trusting Harry. And before we get to that, though, it's really sad because the beginning, they, they, they begin talking about the people that they've lost um, and, uh, and and the deaths that the da- Daily Prophet won't uh, release. And we find out that Ted Tonks and Dirk Cresswell have been found murdered. Um, and that, of course, they were traveling with the goblins as well as Dean Thomas, um, and neither of them has been found. So, you know, they're asking people, if you have any information, please, please, you know, uh, about Dean, let his family know. They would love to know if he's alive. Um, we also learn that the Wizarding World has uh, is finding out through this program that Bethilda Bagshot had, had been discovered dead in her home, um, and that the serious dark magic had been used. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we see that the wizarding world is really struggling. Um, and there, there's only this one place for news. And one thing I just wanted to, 
If there is not anything more appropriately, I would say, 2020 in her ideas about media is that there would be this groundswell (laughs) of media against the media. And she's (laughs) nailed it again. She's totally nailed it in this idea that people have completely lost trust in any normal media and they're searching for other forms of media. And, And the fact that there's only one place in the wizarding world that's telling the truth these days, which is Potter Watch. I mean, she's been harping on this for books and she finally just levels it. And it's fascinating to me that this series is this old now and yet it feels more true to life now as I read this chapter than ever before. Like, Rowling gets it. She, she's she been preaching against this type of thing, this type of like kind of like creepy group think for books and books. And finally, um, there's only one place telling the truth anymore and you have to have a password to listen to it um, because it's so dangerous. Uh, and so for them to be telling you the truth. And I mean, just look at the world we live in. I mean, people get canceled for saying things that other people don't think they should be able to say or say in the first place. And it's like, I don't know. It's just so frustrating to 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 watch that play out in real life. So, yeah, I I think so. It, this situation is very similar to. Um, so I'm I'm rewatching old old Netflix shows because it's 2020 and there's not much else yeah, to do. There's nothing new coming um, out. And so. one of them, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of new coming out. So, and, and when it does, I want to like save it so I can savor it and not just watch it because I'm half asleep. Um, but, you know, one of the shows I watch and, and I'm not going to get super political the high here, but you don't have to agree or disagree with this, but is the West Wing. Um, and a lot of, and that's from the nineties, like the late nineties. And a lot of the topics that they talk about is really controversial and, and very, you know, I I don't want to say it like now, but the things that they're current topics and innovative topics that they're talking about are still the ones we're talking about today. 25 years later, we're still talking about similar topics and the conversation really hasn't moved that far forward here in American politics. And so, you know, it's so interesting. Someone on Facebook actually raised the same question. Like, how is it that we haven't made any progress in 25 years? And and the same here, you know, this book came out in, you know, 2018, 2017. You know, that was three or four years ago. But we haven't really, I mean, it's the same as it is now, right? Actually, it wouldn't have been that. It would have been. Yeah, it's early. Sorry, it would have been two thousand. Yeah. I'm sorry, it would have been two thousand and eight, not two thousand eighteen. It would have been two thousand eight. You know, it was ten over ten years ago, and we're faced with the same things in media, the same things, and you could argue politics, right? You could argue this is a coup d'état, right? <laughs> Voldemort has overthrown the government, right? Um, and a lot of it's the same. We're hearing a lot of the same key phrases. We're seeing a lot of the same behaviors. We're seeing a lot of you know, media being used in the same sort of military, like military weaponized media, right? And it's the same. So it's so frustrating to look at so much of what we consume as warning us from 20 years ago, 15 years ago, hey, guys, this is terrible. Open your eyes and see society and to see it again. It's so hard to, to think how we can't as a society get our acts together and say, hey, maybe we need something better. Maybe we need to demand more. Maybe we should demand better. And it's just, it's it's exhausting. And 
you know, have the moment of where it's it hits you in the 2020, right? Where you're like, ugh. And then there's times where you're like, we, we just got to do better. And she's showing you that this is a group of people who stepped up to do better. And that's why I think I love the Potter Watch so much is they just decided they're going to do better and they're going to do their own thing. And they're going to be very honest on that. And they're, you know, and they're not even stating things as you, you mentioned, it was very truthful and factual. I don't even know that that's the point. It's just, it's free. It's yeah, freedom. Yeah. They can say yeah. what they need to say. They can share what they need to share without, you know, without fear of retribution, if you right. will. They're from the actual show, right? From the media source itself, you know, they, they know what they're doing, but they just need this opportunity and getting this information out is more important mm-hmm. than anything else. And it's just, it's like, it's depressing, but uplifting at the same time. It's this weird mix. And I think 2020 is a good summary. <laughs> Potter watch. It's like horrible and uplifting and horrible and uplifting all at the same time. So, um, yeah, I really, I really do love this element. And I love the fact that she gives you a magic word or you need like a passphrase yeah. to key in <laughs> to the station and that they all use, um, they all use call names, if you will, like stage names. Um, cause they're like, that's Lee Jordan. They'd recognize his voice from the Quidditch fields any day. Right. Um, yeah, I do. I do like, and thinking about how close Lee Jordan and Dean Thomas right. were, and him having to report that and you know that's coming from a place of he wants to know if Dean Thomas is okay too and that that one kind of hit me in the feels a little bit um well and so I just is, uh, you ugh. know before we get too far off that I think you're just absolutely right and and look I I don't want this to come out like this isn't like a partisan thing I think what Dre and I are both saying cuz we don't come from we the same political different. aisle, right? <laughs> we but, are on opposite sides exactly. of this aisle, y'all. <laughs> but what but what we are saying and what we both completely believe is that free speech is mandatory. Like it's 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 a right that we all have, right? And and so you don't shut down speech you don't like. The the answer to 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 speech you don't like is not less speech, it's more. And and so if if you think something is wrong you should have every right to be able to say why and how you think it's wrong but that doesn't give you the right to shut down somebody else regardless of how awful it is what somebody's saying you know that's that's not the point and so and that's exactly what we see here in this book right like um voldemort is controlling everything about the media and what people are hearing um and how dangerous that is to only hear one side as well um, and so that's that's the thing that Potter Watch is, is standing against. And like you said, we get these people and, and we have Kingsley telling stories about how, um, you know, wizards are protecting muggles, um, you know, from Death Eater attacks and how easily, you know, just you, you can protect muggle dwellings, you know, on your street, the simple safety measures to help out. And how we, you know, we hear this idea of, of how, um, you know, the idea of wizards first. And he's like, well, wizards first to purebloods first to death eaters only. I mean, aren't we all human? Isn't every life worth the same and worth saving? Um, And then, of course, you know, Lupin comes on and he says that, you know, he completely believes that, um, that the boy who lived is still alive, that Harry is still alive and that we should keep fighting the same way. Uh, he is and it really harry feels this just warmth in his chest is the moment that you know lupin says this and i love to that ron's like oh didn't i tell you 
Bill told me that Lupin's back with Tonks and that she's getting really big. And so, like, apparently Harry's yelling at him worked, you know, um, and and things seem to be forgiven between them because Lupin is in the fight again the way he should be in the fight. Um, right. And well, so I think that's really beautiful. And then we learn that Rubius Hagrid has almost gotten arrested for having a support Harry Potter party uh, at his house, which I just think is awesome. And then the whole group is like, everybody should have support Harry Potter parties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, th- there's so much about Potter Watch. I think it truly embodies something that I feel like you know, I've had conversations with people lately is missing from 2020, at least here in the United States is, is this feeling of altruism, right? That you're doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do. Like there's no law telling you, you need to protect your, the muggle dwellings on your road, but it's the right thing to do, right? You don't necessarily get anything out of it, but it's no skin off your back. And why don't you just do it? Like it's not kill. It's not hurting you. Right. We're asking you to care about the other people that are in this world and in this crazy madness of life with you. Um, And that seems to be a big ask these days, which is to me personally really sad to think about. Um, It hurt. You know, I personal freedoms aside, just wear a mask, y'all, you know, but it's it's for everyone's protection, yours, your neighbors, your family, your loved ones. Like it's no skin off your back. Just do it. Um, and you know, to, to the same point here, like it's no skin off their back. Just cast those charms in the muggles house, right? Help them out. They don't know what's coming for them. They, they can't help themselves. Um, and so, you know, I think that there's so much in here that is just, it's just good people ask. It's, it's just people trying to be good people asking other people to do the same, um, and asking for a little bit of trust and a little bit of faith that there is hope and help coming. Um, and this part always kind of reminded me a little bit of star Wars and the rebellion in star Wars. Right. And that you got to hold out for that hope, even when things seem hopeless. Um, rebellions are built on hope. Yeah. And it's the same. And it's such a strong message. And I think, you know, in 2020, it's really hard to remember that hope is still out there and that we'll all push through this crazy pandemic time as best we can. And all we can do is do the little things in the meantime. Um, you know, I think there's so much, about all of this that just resonates so strongly with me now and makes me a little bit emotional or very emotional in some way, shape, or form. I'm either banging my fist or grabbing the tissues. So <laughs> this is a roller coaster of a chapter, y'all. Well, and it's interesting too because one, we get um, Fred, one of the Weasley twins, talking about how uh, you know who has been you know, uh, apparently sighted everywhere. And if there was that many sightings, then he would be 19 different people. And what Harry realizes from all of this is that he's traveling. He's away. He's not even in the country that he's looking for the wand. And of course that applies all the way back when we saw some of those visions Harry had of where Voldemort was, you know, talking to Gregorovich and all of these people. And so he begins another argument with Hermione and he mentions, of course, the name that you should not say. <laughs> We're saying Voldemort. And of course, the taboo breaks the charms. Breaks their charms. And the chapter ends with them being surrounded, their tent surrounded by snatchers. And that's it. That, I mean, we got to wait till next chapter, unfortunately, to see what happens. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a it's a nail biter. It's a nail biter, y'all. And and for those of you who've seen the movies, I think it's gonna play it a little differently than the movies. I mean, similar, yeah. but it already kind of know what's yeah. coming. Um, but yeah, I think I, I I'm just seeing him say that in this moment where they both like they all kind of cartoon stare at each other with big wide eyes and are like, oh snap, right? Like. You just know that he's kicking himself in the mm-hmm. rear and uh, deep sighs all around right. on this one. Well, and it and it and it's, what's interesting about this is it comes from a moment of severe anger, honestly, at yeah. Hermione for her just being so stubborn and hard headed and not being able to see, uh, and that's really, really frustrating to Harry, and that's what leads him to yell out this name because it's it's meant as. A way to try to maybe even just wake her up from her, her, you know, inability to see, uh, and it leads to trouble. And so we'll have to wait till next week to see exactly where we end up. But I think we have an idea since the next chapter is called Malfoy Manor. So where where we're gonna go? Yeah, are, that are... might be where we go. So, but uh, Dre, if anybody wants Spoilers. to uh, bet on that with you, um, where can they find you online? Let's start a poll as to where we end up when we're caught by the Snatchers. Um, you can come take the poll. Uh, uh, I'll do it on Instagram at Drea Kaufman, and it's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. Um, or you can tweet me on Twitter at PCFChick. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Letterboxd, Vero, under the name MattRushing02, personally. And then you can also find me under the moniker of the 602 Club, which is my general geek show over on the TFM network where we're talking about all of the fandoms we love. Of course, you can find me also doing Literary Treks as well as The Orb over there. Literary Treks is the, about the books and the comics of Star Trek, and then The Orb is about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And then here on the network, doing Aggressive Negotiations, which is a Star Wars podcast with John Mills every week. So hopefully you'll check all of those out. But thank you so much for checking your outpost. Mischief managed. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.